Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are Three Book Girls. Okay, the best of Three Book Girls. Wait, Woo! Anna, <laughs> can, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Drink that coffee. <laughs> I need to. In this beautiful green cup. The coffee in the green cup. I love the green cup. I love and the anyone green cup. that doesn't say, like it I like can the green cup. I agree. I think all this controversy <laughs> of the green cup is so freaking ridiculous. Well, is it the green cup or the red cup that everybody? No, last year it was the red cup they were throwing a fit about. This year, this is a green cup, and it has a piece of artwork on it that well, was continuously drawn with one line. This yeah. whole thing, which is amazing. Right, and it's supposed to symbolize that we're all connected. Exactly. Togetherness. Right. Why are people such assholes? This is how I feel. If you don't like the green cup, go to the store and buy a damn red cup. Because the whole point of going to Starbucks is not for the color of your cup, it's for the coffee inside of it, and so people need to get over it. I'm very <laughs> upset about this because I was walking around with Starbucks earlier this morning, and everyone in the office talked about my green cup. And I was like, really? Just shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, the intolerance in this world yeah. is absolutely freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Who are these people and, that are you know, so intolerant? I don't really understand what the big deal with just the plain red cup last year was. Because there wasn't any angel wings on it. I know, but red oh. is Christmas. Red and green is Christmas. Anyone who does not know that red is a Christmas color well, has been living in the dark. I don't remember them putting angel. There were no snowflakes on it. There were. It wasn't oh. a Christmas cup. I liked the plain. Red it was clips. a holiday yep. cup, and they took that to mean, oh, no more Christmas, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. What happened to love one another? I think Starbucks people get some brownie points for their. I think they, get, they deserve everyone. more than brownie points because they are one hell of a nice company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anybody who doesn't like it can just kiss my shiny metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, podcast took a turn. <laughs> I think that's going to be my new catchphrase. It wasn't already taken. Well, we are talking about best of, so we have to talk about Starbucks. <laughs> because what would three book girls be without their caffeine? Asleep. <laughs> I know that. Three sleeping for girls? For sure. Because <laughs> yeah. we do this podcast in the evening. On a Friday evening is when we record. Mm-hmm. So we've all been working all day long. And by the time we get in here, we're like half giddy with hopped up on caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> and excited because the week is over yeah! it's Friday and sleep in tomorrow and of course excited because we love to talk about books and this is a special edition the best of three book girls and the reason why is because all three of us have read the two books that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. not yes. only did all three of us love these books they're both th- in my top ten yes exactly these yeah. books are are life changers for us yes. in one way or another. So the first one we're going to hit on, not hit on as in how you doing, but <laughs> I don't know. I like that book so much I might. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? 
called The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. And it is also a Pulitzer Prize winner, by the way. Yes. Now, the reason that I originally picked up the book was because it was on one of the lists. Mm-hmm. Somebody had put it on, I think it was Book Riot. I like Book Riot. Um, they're on my Facebook page all the time, and they're always putting out lists of things. And I love that because then it gives me recommendations on things to read. And mm-hmm. it was on one of the lists. And so I picked it up and read it. It wasn't my normal thing. No. But after I read it, I was absolutely paralyzed. And I, to put my finger on why, I can't. But this woman deserved a Pulitzer Prize for this book. Oh, yeah. It was a very moving book. It very was. Moving. It was so intricate, intricate and just it flowed amazingly. And I personally could not put it down. Yeah. And you couldn't help but to get emotionally involved with this book and just feel the same things that the characters are feeling, well, at least for me. Let's start out. Um, for me, I think when I was hooked, I the, I always go to that moment because for me, the moment I know I'm hooked and it has to be strong is how I know that I'm going to recommend the book. And for me, it was it was the beginning where the young boy, I think he was, what, 11, 12, 13, something He was like very that. young. Very young. Yeah. And he had done something to get in trouble at school. And so they, he and his mother, basically single mother, were going to have to go to the school and speak to the principal about whatever it is that he did. So he's in trouble and his mom has to take the day off of work. Mm-hmm. So they're on their way to the school and they're walking in New York City and it begins to rain. Well, not really rain, pour. Yeah. So they dip into this art museum. He kind of, uh, even within the first couple of like pages, you know that the art museum is very important to them as well. As yes. a as a like single mother and son, that's their family, and that their family that is very very important. Is and the they museum. do spend a lot of time there. His mother is. Isn't she an art? She works with artists, and I think that she has aspirations as an artist as well, somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And so she's very attached to the paintings that are in this art museum. And she makes mention of this particular painting that she wants to see one more time before it leaves the museum. So anyway, it's raining, so they, they stop in there. And there's all sorts of other things that go on while they're in there, but... I know that this is going to be one of the books when there's an explosion in the art museum. And Mm -hmm. he wakes up and there's nothing but rubble around him. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Yeah, especially for it to happen so quickly. But you can't stop reading. An ordinary day. You know, him and his mom at the art museum and everything's good and you just don't see it coming. And I think that's probably the biggest, it's it's almost like you're watching it happen. And it's so well written that it is like that. Mm-hmm. You're just in shock when that bomb goes off. Kind of in shock. And then did it seem like to you after the bomb went off, everything was almost like in slow motion? Yes. Yeah. And too silent. Yeah. The, the, like her writing was so perfect because what you just described. Yeah. I mean... You could watch the whole thing happen. And then what happens after that has a lot to do with what happens in the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. And that is 
this painting. Which is called The Goldfinch. Right. And it's one of his mother's favorite paintings because they had been looking at it earlier. And he and his mother were separated because they were going to meet in the gift shop. Well, that's in the area where they were, where the little boy was, when the bomb went off. And he, as he starts to come to, he sees that picture, what's left of it, lying on the floor nearby. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other stuff happens. But he, well, he meets up, somebody in the rubble that plays a big part. And that's not giving anything away because it... Right, right. The fellow that he meets there um, actually encourages him to take the picture with him. Mm-hmm. He says, just roll it up and take it. Because the guy's dying. This dude that's laying on the floor, he's an old man. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that he does... He gives them a ring. Mm-hmm. Gives them a ring and wants them to take it to his business partner. So then... He ends up making this connection because now he doesn't have anybody. When he finds out his mom is no longer alive. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a young man in New York City with nothing and no one. Which he actually doesn't take the ring to the business partner for quite a while. Yeah. No, well, not right away. And another thing to mention, while they were in the museum, he was following around a redheaded girl who he yes. had... I guess, like, he was, almost love at a first sight yeah, at he's such very a young fascinated age. fascinated yes. by this redheaded girl, which was why he was in the gift shop and his mother was in the other part of the museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was fascinated by this girl. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you there. And that girl is the granddaughter, I believe, of mm-hmm. the man that the main character ends up, like, taking the ring from and who's telling him to roll up the painting. And... It's so, like, the every aspect of the first several chapters, like, plays a part in, the like, the rest of his life. And I love... And the rest of his life is absolutely... Chaos. Fraught yeah. with pain and difficulty and... But, but not in a depressing way. Because I'm always yapping on about how I don't like depressing books. And yeah, it was depressing, but... He he didn't he didn't think it was depressing like the main character no that was his life he wasn't he didn't a wallower understand it was different you know he but, he went through his life like well yeah just got to keep going yeah but he wasn't overly upbeat either no, he wasn't. I mean he was kind of a very laid back kind of person but yeah he he didn't seem like he was he took everything in stride. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I would say so, considering, I mean... But of course, he did get into quite a bit of mischief, too. Well, later on in the book, I mean, obviously. And I think that's just, it was part of him growing up. Like, and everyone he, and gets he a had, bit of trouble, but... I think really what makes this book so incredible isn't necessarily just the story. Mm-mm. But it's the way the story was written and presented. Oh, yeah, her mm-hmm. writing was beautiful. Yeah, I mean... And it was like very, there's a depth to it that a lot of authors don't have because of how, like, she could make you feel any emotion she wanted to make you feel. Now, this is our experience. All three of us read the book. All three of us agree. But I have heard people say 
they didn't like that it. That they didn't like it at all. Really? I couldn't be friends with those people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how much I love this book. I'm sorry, we can't be friends because you didn't like the goldfinch. But you didn't like the goldfinch? It's over. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't trust you. We're going to have to see other people. <laughs> Mom, you're going to have to leave my house right now. I know it's Christmas, but get out. <laughs> uh, but I think the beauty in this book, the... There's a lot of beauty There's in this book. There's a lot of beauty in this book. In beauty in unexpected places. Exactly. Because he's bumped around so much and really there's nothing that's really overly outstanding in this book, but for some reason it all comes together and it's just Well, and you can't help but watch. His life is a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how even when so as he's growing up, you know, he went from being like 10 years old to 13 to 14 to 15 to 16 but he's unbelievably intelligent for his age no matter what his age is even if he's doing stupid stuff he has a more of a he has a common sense kind of intelligence well it's almost like he's got that survival yeah thing going with him through his whole life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the fact that he to me what one of the things that makes this such a brilliant book is that painting. Hmm. The beauty of that painting is his mother's love. Yeah. In so many ways. It's, and it doesn't change. It's perfect. And he carries it with him his whole life in one way or another. Okay. And does it seem like the the elderly gentleman, the business partner, who he kind of takes up with and has an unusual friendship with, does it not seem like when he's at his house, it's almost like he's home? Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's like where he's the yes. most comfortable at. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you don't see him in that situation for a long time um, when he's with other families or whatever. Right. It's only after he takes the ring mm-hmm. to return it to this man. And th- when he meets these other people who then become his family. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's almost like it just right from the beginning, he's just almost, he's so much more comfortable there than any other place mm-hmm. that he stays yep. at mm-hmm. growing up. It just, I know that it made me think when I'm reading this, why doesn't he just live there? Why is he going to live in this other place? (laughs) He just needs to stay there where he's comfortable, where the old man can take care of him. Mm -hmm. And on another note, it actually says that in 2015, it was in, uh, no, actually in July of this year, it was announced that, um, Warner Brothers and Rat Pack Entertainment will be doing a screen adaptation of the movie. No. Um, and it will be done by John Crowley. No. See, that's going to be difficult to get the depth of that book into a movie. Oh, it, You know what? With, when I love a book this much, it's really hard to hear they're going to make a movie. He's also... He, mm-hmm. So this is what intrigues me. He's an Irish film and theater director. And he directed the film Brooklyn and Intermission. Well, I haven't seen either of those, so I, I guess I can't speak to that. I don't know. I'm. I would be very. I'll watch it. Very. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it, and I hope it's as great as the novel. I don't think it can be. I don't think there's any possible way. Well, not to be as good, <laughs> but even to be in the same ballpark as the novel, he's gonna have to try really hard. Yeah, I'll have to agree. It really was a. 
a lot of times the the books that hit us the hardest are the coming uh, coming of age stories. Yeah. And that's because when things happen to you as a child, it has such a profound effect. And I think all of us get that. Mm-hmm. We've all had stuff happen to us when we're young that affects us. And I don't know how else to put it, but that's really this book, the fact that the, that it happens to this boy at such a young age and then to watch him progress throughout his life and not always in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ends up in some serious mischief. Yes. Over yes, the he years. Does. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff you're looking at is not pretty. There's a lot of ugliness in this book. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of the reason it was so good is that it wasn't necessarily a happy ending. Yeah. I mean, it did end. It ended kind of neutral. I, I thought sad. I, f- I truly did feel satisfied. Not necessarily happy or sad. No, but, but right. satisfied. I was satisfied, but that's why I said it was neutral. It wasn't really. It was very realistic. There, was no ba- there yes. wasn't horrible and it wasn't great. But I think that that's the reason I liked it, because I really hate it. When they wrap it up in a beautiful little bow and everybody lives happily ever after because life ain't like that, baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Very rarely that everything turns out for the best. Stuff happens that's not pretty. And a lot of times when you are faced with like so much like like such a life changing event like that, Mm -hmm. you really do have trouble in your life. Like in the future, like well, yeah, because you so, have PTSD. I mean, really, yeah. Right. Think about psychologically what this poor kid had to go through. So I feel like the just his entire life, as they're showing you, like him growing up and everything, was very realistic. It was. Yeah, I think it was, and plus, moving around as much as he did, from house to house and everything, that it's that's difficult. Too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he basically lived with foster parents, kind of. Not, well, that well, sort of, because he lived with his friends' family for a while, right, but not actual. His, no, not from the state. No, not foster. specifically. Yeah. No, but and then and, his father, who was just then, a horrible person in when general. When they finally found his father, well, I don't think I don't know left, his father well, was really a horrible person no. or just didn't care. Yeah, just he was negligent. Negligent. <laughs> he was just negligent. Yeah, he it, he was a very me kind of person. And his son didn't fit into his me lifestyle. Right. So his son was basically just left to do whatever and raise him, raise himself. And when you're having a teenager raise themselves, well, you can figure out how that's going to happen. Well, right. So then, you know, he falls in with, <laughs> you know, with his best friend being not the greatest influence in the world. And which actually his best friend turned out better than what I thought he would. Yeah. Because I thought he was just going to really just screw his life up. But he he surprised me a little bit. I know in high school I got into some like sketchy situations. Uh Nothing to the extent of what goes on in this book. But it almost reminded me of that. Just like like all the people that are involved in like, I don't know. When you get a bunch of kids together and they start going, (laughs) hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Yeah. And somebody goes, yeah, that'd be cool. And they're all stupid and they try it and they do it. And that's how mm-hmm. kids get hurt. And we all did it. We all did dumb oh, yeah. crap when we that's, were young. That's one of those, you know, rite of passage kind of things that you have to do when yeah. you're a teenager. And I when you're reading about it. I don't know how many dumb things I did yes, when I was a teenager. But when you're reading about it, 
you can relate to it, and that's why. And I think maybe this book, even though, I don't know, I didn't have a perfect life growing up. I didn't have a beaver cleaver, you know, perfect life. Maybe the people who don't like it did have a beaver cleaver kind of life, and that's why they Maybe can't relate with the like character. It. Or people Actually, who watch Disney movies I was, have to have a perfect life. Just reading the reviews on Amazon, because I heard you say that people, you know, didn't like it, and I was very upset about this. So I wanted to see what they were saying. <laughs> she <laughs> takes it very personally. Uh, it wasn't on Amazon that I was reading that. Yeah, so on Amazon, everybody's doesn't like it and I have to be like it's fair they're saying it's too long which I don't think it's too long I think I understand why some people wouldn't what's that one that's one star what do they say huge book something pages a huge book 800 pages which is very true it is huge and then Mm -hmm. it says a huge commitment to the author and then they will never purchase another Donna Tartt again but I think they said they only read 85% of it. You have to, it's a story. It's not, I don't know. It's not, it's meant to be some 200 page book that no, you're in and out of. Story. It's supposed to be a life change. Like yeah, this is art. Yeah, gut wrenching experience. Yeah. It's not a pretty story. That one that says it's boring. Yeah. This, well, and again, they made, they read 150 play, pages into the book and it says they can't get into it. It's taking too long for anything to happen. What are you talking about? The a bomb went off. Yeah, within 150 yeah. pages. I'm telling you though, guys, <laughs> but, we are increasingly living in a world of sound bites, uh, of um, sound bites, instant gratification, instant gratification. But let me—it's ridiculous. Yeah, take so, a little time to enjoy something that's profound, people. I don't know if I've ever seen this many ratings for a book on Amazon, but there's that I've actually paid attention to. Uh, 24,654 uh, ratings on this book. 42% give it a five star. 9% give it a one star. <laughs> so I think that tells you that even though there are that's grumpy pants who of, need to... That's a lot of ratings. Get dumped in the toilet Well, those are probably people, thing. too, that don't read very much. Yeah. I mean, if you are not an avid reader and you pick up an 800-page book as your first book that you ever read, yeah, it's going to be horrible. It is. Take a little bit of time to get into being a regular reader before you try to tackle this. It is not necessarily an easy read. Well, and it's truly like this is what writing was meant to be. It's supposed to be like a piece of art. Um, It is artwork. And this book truly is the epitome of that. I mean... It People is. go and talk about Shakespeare and all these other, like, famous writers, but I feel like this, uh, in our time, this is, that was... I have to agree. Our Shakespeare. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yes. It's been, and it's, um, like, one thing that would connect it to every, like, the entire United States of America is the bombing that takes place in the first several pages of the of the novel right. was a terrorist attack it was. and the when i was reading it the first thing i thought of was 911 right. and we all even if we didn't live in new york we all lived through 911 and we all understand like the impact and of imagine just being that alone on, as a young yeah. boy mm-hmm. during a time like that he goes outside after the bombing and tries to get information and they run him off Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even realize he's come out of the building. They because, tell him to go home. 
They don't see how anyone can come out of the building. Well, th- remember there they, there was another bomb in the building, and so they were. So trying they got to... everybody out because they yeah. didn't want anybody in there. If the second bomb went off, well, here comes this kid wandering out of the building, and they say, "Hey, kid, you get out of there. You go home." And he doesn't even know if his mother's alive or dead. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think that you should at least make a commitment to read this at some point in your life. Right. I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I'm giving it five and a half stars. Six I, or seven stars. Get the audiobook sometime when you have to take a long trip that's going to take... That's a very good idea. You know, that you're going to be on the road for 12 hours or something. Pop it in. Listen to it. I I read the full book, the 800 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I read copy. it immediately after having surgery because Martha actually brought it to my apartment <laughs> When I was like hunched over, oh, no. like carrying a pillow against my abdomen because well, I had just no. been cut from boobs to na- like <laughs> pubic bone, and so <laughs> and so like obviously when you have surgery you sleep a lot and like the you know I was I also got sick after surgery but I read this book 800 pages in about four days. That is how like it was you really can't put it down it was a very mm-hmm. c- compelling book i had a hard time reading anything else afterwards so don't mm-hmm. be afraid of the 800 pages it's, it's really nothing. not that bad try not to get uh, bogged down in that but um <sighs> so and that that was the goldfinch by donna tart and the other novel we're going to talk about are you ready to go into that one? Yeah, I think we should. Yep. That I literally just finished also because Martha recommended it to me. <laughs> and it is now in my top ten. Can and you it, tell Martha's kind of the boss of us? <laughs> I am not the boss of you. <laughs> and I do not regret reading this one bit and in my top ten. And I'm very passionate about it. So anyone that tells me they don't like this book either will be defriended. <laughs> just kidding. And that is called <laughs> The Book Thief. By Marcus Zuzak. Zuzak. Now, there is a movie out on this one. Yeah, is I'm going to go watch out? the movie. There is I'm going to watch it this out. weekend. It has been out for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 2000 and... I don't know. But the book... Yeah. Something. 2013. So it's about three years old. The book takes place in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in a small German town. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that I hadn't really, up to that point, really done much thinking about. Of what it would be like to be a German. In Nazi in Germany. In Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Because you always, I, was, I always thought, how could those people have been hornswoggled by that guy? So severely that they would buy in to the horrible things that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, the answer is, was. not everybody was. Not everybody mm-hmm. was. And I have to mention this at the start of the are talking about this book because it was something that caught my attention at first and I was like, oh great, this is going to be completely corny. It's told in first person perspective and the from the perspective of death, like personified. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really, he doesn't call himself death. He kind of mentions that people always mention he has a scythe. 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 Um, and he, he's like, I only wear a uh, hooded coat when it's raining outside mm-hmm. and he's actually kind of funny in a little <laughs> some of it and so it's it was very I thought it was going to be super corny and some of it really kind of was but in, a, in the best way ever um, it completely put this book together and I don't know I think that I became 
so in love with this main character when they show her um, she loves books so much but the book that she carries around with her all the time is a gravedigger's manual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she gets that when they bury her little brother they were mm-hmm. riding a train her little brother dies and they stop the train to bury her brother and she sees that manual discarded in the, in the at, snow at the gravesite, and she picks it up and she takes it with her, and she doesn't know how to read. Mm-mm. It's just her only connection to her brother at that point, right? And so she becomes she, with the help of her father, she learns how to read. But that's well, it's not her father. Well, she's put into foster care. Excuse me, foster yeah. care. Yeah, her brother well, dies when her her mother is. Uh, taking her to foster parents it's actually the jewish the jewish man who's in hiding that teaches her to read is it no no it's 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 hans who it's the it's it's her papa her papa teaches is it but he she also gets assistance maybe from from the gentleman mm -hmm. they end up hiding a jewish prisoner in their basement um and then she has a, a relationship with him as well but the whole atmosphere of this book is just, oh gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. I, the whole, it's a very de- depressed atmosphere, but it's not a depressing book, if that makes sense, because it, it is, is set uh, in yeah. Nazi Germany, and they have a Jewish guy hiding, and I think, like, if I'm remembering right, the whole reason why the stepfather ends up teaching her how to read is because they both can't sleep at night. Yeah, she's having nightmares about her brother dying. Right. And I agree, like, this book, especially after we go into detail describing it, sounds unbelievably depressing. But it's really not. not. You know how much I hate depressing books. And since it's being told from the perspective of death, Mm -hmm. he's putting a little bit of humor into some, some aspects of everything, and then he's going into detail describing the whole political um, arena and his job during this time like time period of like people being gassed in chambers and but he doesn't make it seem like he just makes it seem like it's part of life you know and he doesn't I don't know it just the he he gives you hope it well that's what I was gonna say is the little girl character the way she operates even though her life is horrible and everything is depressing, she her focus is on books mm-hmm. and reading. Mm-hmm. And her love of reading is so strong. And she, even at one point during the bombs being dropped, she and some of her neighbors gather together in one of the basements. They hide the, don't they hide and the And she's book? reading to them. Oh, she's, oh, that's right. I forgot about that part. So here's this little yeah. girl. And and then after that happens, they come over and want her to read to them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she mm-hmm. ends up getting books from this one lady in town. Well, she actually she starts she, steals. she steals the books, but the lady knows she's stealing it and doesn't. So she leaves the window and, open for her. Yes, leaves <laughs> because her, her. One, yeah one of her little friends. They steal the books the first time, and I think that she finds out, mm-hmm. but doesn't say anything. And well, then, she puts them back after she reads them. Right. And then ends up leaving the, the window open and leaves cookies out for her and her friend. And <laughs> It's kind of like she's stealing these books, but she's 
you know? It really is a testament to survival, but on so many different levels. Not just the little girl, but the Jewish prisoner and the people in town who stand up against the horrors that are being perpetrated in their name. Mm -hmm. Right. And it also shows you a little bit about human kindness with the cookies and with, you know, her reading to her neighbors during the bombings and just the little things that they do to try to be kind to one another. It's a book Mm -hmm. filled with hope. And I think I love how real it felt because, I mean, I obviously did not live in Nazi Germany, um, but the way she described it is something... It was very real. It was very real. And you can definitely picture everything. And the, I mean, you feel the connection to all of the characters in the novel. Like, you feel the way, like, if you were the main character, that's how you feel about all these characters. And it was definitely a fly on the wall kind of book. (laughs) Exactly. I was just going to say, to me, the hallmark of a good book is disappearing into the story so completely that. You're standing in the middle of the room watching all of this. Mm-hmm. You are in the story so completely mm-hmm. and that I will... you can smell the fire in the fireplace. Yes. And I will have to tell you that the only reason, even though you recommended this book to me, the only reason I read it is because of the historical value that this book had mm-hmm. and not because of the story itself. Because I was like, well, okay, it's about Nazi Germany. I like historical fiction and and I got drawn into the characters after I started reading it and not just into the and I, I don't War even II. remember who recommended it to me but this would this is never the kind of book I go for no never and ever. I I remember when it came out um it came out it was actually published I believe in 2001 it wasn't that old, was it? No. No. Maybe 2006. What is it now? Anyways. Oh, yeah, it was 2006. So I would have been 14. Um, I remember when it came out, I I remember people doing book reports on it in high school, actually. Oh. Um, but for some reason... I always, always, always thought the book was meant for children or for like middle schoolers, just like it was like a young adult. Lemony Snicket's series oh. of unfortunate events. Like I thought, it, I mentally somehow classified it in that, and so I never ever. And it is so far was interest. Yes. Yeah. No, it is definitely not. And so that was my perception of it, and so mm-hmm. I refused to read it. And I've seen it. I've heard people talk about it a little bit. But until you recommended it to me, like, I just thought it was... I don't know. I think that the fact that the character had so much hope and there was never any time where she was going to give up. Yeah. I don't know. Just being faced with such insurmountable odds and then to come out of it. I don't know. Normally, like I said, normally that's not my thing. I don't usually go for depressing books, but it was not depressing. It was filled with hope. Mm-hmm. I think you should definitely give it a read if you haven't already. And it's not nearly as big as the as no, Goldfinch. It's not small, though, or at least some people won't think it's It's about 580 pages. Um, however, it's another one that you can't put down. And it really, the first-person narrative... 
like amazingly ties the entire book together. And on audio, it was excellent as well. Oh. That's how I... Yeah, I read it on audio. It. Just because uh, like, even when I was looking at, at it on like a Kindle app, mm-hmm. um, they had it formatted very interestingly. So oh. it was like, it just made you see, read it I a little bit faster. Because I didn't see the formatting because yeah. it was mm. Verbal, yeah. So it was just, I don't know. It was pretty cool. So highly recommended from all three of the book girls. Yes. Five out of five. The book thief. Definitely five out of five. Both Who, of those books are ones that who I. Who was the author in that? Marcus morning? Zuzak, and he's actually got several other ones out that are. Maybe I've, we should read some more. I'm gonna go. You know, though, having now that we say that, I've tried several other books by Donna Tart. Mm-hmm. Didn't like them. Is she I, the I one that read about halfway through the Little Friend because I, I just couldn't. Um, Marcus's other novel is called I Am the Messenger. Um, in the U.S., in other countries, it's just called The Messenger. Hmm. And well, it actually we'll won. That. It's the winner of the 2003 Children's Book Council of Australia Book of the Year Award. Oh, well, it's a children's book then, huh? And the author is Australian, which is very weird for it. Like, Marcus Zuzak is Australian. Hmm. Which, yeah. All right, so there's two books for you. Two of our very favorite books of all time. So if you need something uh, to read in this Over nice long, cold weather. The long holiday. Under a blanket with some hot cocoa. And when you make a commitment to one of these books, it's a good excuse to say to your relatives who are under your skin and on your last nerve during the holiday season, <laughs> I've got a really good book I've just yes. got to finish. <laughs> And in good. my family, that was always an acceptable excuse to be absent. So, <laughs> Or uh, good present ideas, good gift oh, ideas. Yes. Put that mm-hmm. baby under the tree. Yes. Wrap it up. Give it to another book lover. Now, if you gave family. this to me in a first edition copy signed, I would not say no. <laughs> but no, definitely not. All right. So the best of, and that's going to do it for Three, Three Book, book Girls. girls.